Alexandria, Virginia. That's right outside of Washington, D.C. for you folks. Um, and uh, just to let you know a little bit about me, I'm a personal trainer, a sponsored athlete. I do bodybuilding as well on a national level and also just a big, humongous community activist. And of course, if you pile it all up in one, I'm an entrepreneur. That's right. So I got to stay right. innovative. I like it, man. I like it. You know, I, I just got to, uh, we just got acquainted with each other about a week and a half yeah, ago through yeah. Apollonia. Shout out to Apollonia at Apple Bottom Fitness on Instagram. Check her out. Uh, partnered with Sean doing great things. But um, uh, really excited to see, man, the type of person you are. And, and basically it was the similarities that i seen with this was one was, you know, being football players, both being college athletes. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not as yoked up as you, but oh, you look like a safety playing corner. <laughs> but if you can, man, give us a little story about, you know, when you were playing ball, where you played at and uh, how you ended up in San Diego. Uh, yeah, um, I, I went to a university in Myrtle Beach called Coastal Carolina University. Um, we're, we're, we actually just recently went D1. We were D1 AA school for a few years, but really, yeah, they really finances really Jumped advanced up? on them. So you know, we were able to jump. We're in the what Sun Belt now. Okay, the, the Sun, Sun Belt. Belt. Nice, yeah. nice. So um, we're playing a team like Georgia Southern, Appalachian State, uh, Texas State as well, Arkansas State. So you know, they're they're very competitive this year. Didn't have the hottest first year into it, but like anything, you know, you got to crawl before you walk. Exactly. So exactly. Big shout out to all of my Coastal Carolina Chanticleers out there. Um, I went there for four years, graduated in 2009, um, gave a couple of years off of football. You know, injuries really banged on my body. Was it um, just football over there or what did you major in? What was it? Uh, was communication, it like a, business okay, communication, nice. minded in journalism. So my biggest thing, I wanted to get into radio, actually. I right. wanted to get into broadcasting. So that, that <laughs> <Welcome>. was great. <laughs> <You know, laughs> works hand in hand, yeah. So that was, that was initially um, what, one of my um, biggest accomplishments coming out was, was actually graduating. That was one of the things I wanted to do from a kid was to um, not having all the means coming out of a, a, a town where I'm from. Um, not of us, a lot of it was given to us. So right. I did want to utilize my resources to make sure that I completed my dream. What was was to finish college. Now, before you go forward, because I want I just want everybody to kind of get caught okay. up with your story. Um, when you were going from high school into college, was it all straight? I'm about to be a football player and I'm going straight to the league and everything else can kind of just figure it out as I go? No, no, no. I, I did understand that, you know, NFL did stand for not for long. Okay. And, I like that. And, and, and you have to, you have to really understand that. And, um, I grew up, I, I did have a great mentorship, um, program growing up. So I did see some of the older people where I'm from kind of struggle from that transition from playing sports to converting to having that normal job again. Right. And so I said, I do not want to fall in that trap. That could be a huge depression trap for right. anybody. Right. For anybody, regardless of how much money you make, um, going from a popular person in the sport to waking up having to be just in line right. for your lunch tray can be a, a rude awakening the for The day anybody. you tell yourself you're not making it. <laughs> exactly. So you know that. Right, right. Everybody. Um, that was one of my biggest things. So I, I did want to, I did want, I love football. That that was my passion, but I wanted to set myself up to be successful beyond that. And so business communication was something I could really learn more about, you know, the field business. Okay. And then I know my biggest thing was communicating with people. I'm a people's person. Right. You know, I might not be this, I might not, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a bank accountant or anything, but I did want to utilize my skills and really have those blossom to um, develop the best me possible. And so um, I came into mind and said, you know, be the best football player, but stand out. Right. Stand out in different ways. Um, and that's not doing the normal. So I did, you know, I fell a lot, you know. And um, one, of the, one of the things that happened was I tore my ACL um, going into my senior year. And so that really put a lot of books in my hand, you know, really had me thinking about life after football. And so, yeah, that kind of that kind of woke me up right away. Okay, okay. So, you know, the injury, so that ACL injury, which I can relate to, man, is, is hard as oh, hell man. to get back from that year and a half long recovery, the training, the so mental cool, part man. of it, which is hard as hell. So, so, um, so after that, you came back and played your senior year? I did. I did. I, I actually, I, we, we were expecting um, to get my medical red shirt year, but um, I played a percentage of, NCAA has this, this thing where if you play over uh, 33%, of amount of plays of total that season, you will not be given your medical red shirt. Right. And I, after doing the calculations, I was at about 36, 37% uh, of yeah. the plays. So I came back halfway through my senior year and didn't really get to display to a lot of the recruits. Gotcha. Coming out. And um, so 
I um, spent that summer just kind of finding a job. Ended up working with AT and T Business Communication. Okay. And so right after college, um, how was that transition? Opened. You went from like four years of straight like books and football. Now all of a sudden it was okay. I got her. I barely got to play the rest of my senior year. Now let me jump into a job. Or how'd that work out? What was that transition like? It was it was it was challenging at first. Like like I said, you're you're just another person in the lunch line. Right. You got to get in line to hold your have your tray out. And like, all right. And and acceptance was the biggest thing. Um, I never I never felt sorry for myself. Right. That's one thing I really never got into. Um, throughout my life and throughout the things that I adversity that I face, I never felt sorry for myself. I mean, acceptance is the biggest thing that that you can bring out of somebody. So um. With that opportunity, I try to look at the positives. One, I was like, I actually got some free time now. Right. I don't have to be done at 3 and get out on this field to 6.37 o'clock right. and then go to sleep right away just to do it again and keep doing it again. So I was like, all right, I got some time. Maybe I can find out more things that I'm interested in and, and develop my skills. So, you know, working a normal job and then going through traffic and going home, I'm like, wow, you're you're a civilian now. You're, right. you're, you're doing the normal. You got an adult. Right, so, right. So, so I mean that was the biggest adjustment. Just no more teammates around you. No more teammates. You. Nah, right. Nah. That was probably one of the hardest parts <laughs> for me was not having teammates anymore. Going from yeah. like having teammates your whole life, and all of a sudden it was like, dang, I'm on my own schedule now, my own time now. And <laughs> yeah. I don't have like 15, 20 other guys I can call. Like, is there practice? Is there weights? Do we have some? I know I got a few guys in class. I can ask about homework. But now it's like straight you. You know. So that transition from there. Now you had a job with AT and T. How did you end up from? Coastal Carolina athlete, football player. Now you're at a job with AT and T right after your senior year to here in San Diego. Um, my coaches reached reached back out to me and uh, wanted to know if I wanted to continue my career. Um, and I thought about it for a little. I'm like, ah. Uh, so you almost gave it up at that time. Yeah, I almost and, uh, gave it okay, up. Okay, okay. But um, luckily, um, my coach reached out to me and told me that he was in contact with a scout that's from San Diego. Um, Julian Spagnolia. Okay. Um, Julian is a great friend of mine, a mentor of mine, and and done so many great things for me as my time here in San Diego. But um, he's also a strength conditioning coach um, for Pete Carroll up at the Seattle Seahawks. Nice. And so the whole plan was to come out here, you know, have a year in semi-pro, just stay on the field, um, show my ability, and then go up to Seattle for a workout. So San Diego was actually just a pit stop at okay. the time. Right. And I came here with that mentality. You know, as beautiful as this city is, one thing I didn't want to do when I first got here was drive because of the scenery. It's, right. The valley's coming from, I'm a country guy, so you got to think, <laughs> I'm, I'm used to just big trees, big houses, you know, a lot of woods, and the, the peaks and valleys here just, just had a gloss in my eyes. Like, I, I could not drive. Exactly. And it, it was dangerous at first. You did not want to be on the road with me. So uh, that was one of the biggest challenges. But, um... Trying to stay focused on my mission, um, I would just spend a lot of time perfecting my craft. So uh, as I had some time off from football and I wanted to get back into it, um, I would just kind of build this routine where I was doing weight training in the morning, go eat, take a little break, go to the field over at San Diego State, um, work on my footwork and my endurance, and then rest again and then hit some more weights later in the evening. So wow. I had that kind of had that full routine day. full day, um, but I was I was getting back into that mentality right. uh, of of training myself. And how old were you at that time? I was twenty twenty six. So at twenty six, do you feel like it was easier for you to say, you know what, I need to clock in right now. This is it. This is my last chance, and that's why your schedule looked like that. Or do you feel like you just had that instilled in you even when you got to college? Like this is my schedule and this is how it goes. Yeah, I, I wanted to put a com- combination of both together. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my experience from college and said, okay, that's an adjustment that you're used to. Right. Now understand your window of opportunity as well. Right, right. And so not knowing that that was shortened, I had to maximize my time. And that's one thing I've always studied, just maximizing my time, whether it's 24 hours in a day or 365 in a year. Right. I wanted to maximize both of those. So um, I really had a dialed-in plan, and everything was going great. Everything was going great. Um, On the field, I was... One of the best cornerbacks out here, um, doing great footwork, and then got through a, another obstacle in my life. Wanted to see how I would handle it, and towards the end of that season, I actually had a freakish accident where I fractured my C five vertebrae as Whoa. I was going to make a tackle. Yeah, so so how'd that go down? C five um, vertebrae for those of you that don't know is within the neck, right? Yeah, it's, you explain um, that one a little bit. Yeah, well, as you come from the the shoulders up, um, you start with the C one. And a lot of the senses, a lot of your communication skills are in 
that C1 to C5 range. Oh, wow. So a lot of your communication skills um, from touch, feel, um, equilibrium, um, a lot of your senses range right into in th- the vertebrae there. Um, so when you get to the C6, you're, you're working on more of alignment, and that's when you see more just, just spinal problems, right, back right. problems as well, too. Um, so God works in mysterious ways, and, and when it initially happened, I just thought I had like a stinger. And how'd it go down? Uh, I was coming uh-huh. up to make a tackle on a player, and I'm always, I'm always taught to you know get off a block punch hands down, get around, and get them to your hip. And then once you replace, you attack the ball. Um, so I went through my routine, and as I made a move towards the ball player, the guy who was recently blocking me before, he rerouted and turned around and actually pushed me in the back. Mm. And natural reaction, as I'm lowering my weight to make a tackle and also getting pushed in the back at the same time, you, you kind of just leave yourself in a reaction mode. So as I'm trying to slow up, my vertebrae and my my back was parallel to the ground. Oh. So my head was down. At this point, I'm my I'm flat to the ground, but I'm still up in the up position. And the runner had no way of going around. And I there were two players on my team behind him. And as they went to tackle him, the force of three people with the straight vertebrae is just not a good oh. connection with the with the spine in the straight position. So. It was kind of like a jab reaction, and luckily for me, um, I slowed my momentum down. It wasn't like I thrust forward. It's not like I took my momentum and just dropped it into him. I was actually reacting, so I was slowing down completely. Um, and that's why I started to get up, and I just thought I had a horrible stinger. Man. I just I was in the worst pain, but I was able to walk. Oh wow! Yeah, and come find out that was probably the last thing I should have done. Right, right. <laughs> and with that being said, I didn't. I ended up um, going to the ambulance, um, going to the hospital and finding out you know, I had a hairline fracture. And from there, I um, I just took it one day at a time, as as they told me. And I, I thought about playing football again, but, you know, God has put a lot of things into my life and, and brought them back, saying, hey, I really have this mission that I want to set you on. And so as I learned more about the vertebrae and how to, how to, the net works. I said, he really wants to use me for something. So as I, over the next three years, I did heal completely. Um, and I wanted to really utilize my skills. So I got into personal training because people asked me for help. How do you get certain muscles to develop when you working out? And to me, it came natural, but I really wanted to teach those ways. Is this to wrap up the show or just a break? Oh, okay, cool. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. And, um, Throughout throughout most of that rehab, I always I was thinking about you know what am I gonna do now? Right, like, all right, like you you gotta bounce back from this. You know it's a it's an accountability thing. So just wanting to utilize my skills, I said all right, people are coming to you for a certain advice. All right, they obviously see some value in you still. Right. So that was very motivational at the time to actually have my peers and people that I really didn't know reach out to me wanting advice. And so that really got me into personal training. A lot of people said, hey, you can do bodybuilding. You have a great physique. And now I'm not a show-off type of person, but it was something I said it could really help my business if I can, you know, put myself into this category. So that was one of the biggest things that I wanted to do was just collect myself and and get... Well, hold hold that spot right there. I want to come back and hit more on how you got into the personal training side of things, your recovery, and uh, we'll get back from there. Stay tuned. You know, commercial? Yeah. We're good. We're back? Yeah. No, we're on commercial. Okay. How long is commercial? Two minutes. Two minutes? Okay, cool. That's dope, man. Yeah, dope story. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me see what's going on on Facebook Live. Hey, Facebook Live, if you have any questions, we got about two minutes. Shoot them out now so we can answer them. Check in with you guys real quick. This guy's a natural. See if we got some uh we got some viewers. We got a lot more to come. <laughs> Maybe I could bring it in a little even closer for a I'll keep it on. 
man. You definitely into uh, radio hosting. Right? You got a radio voice. <laughs> you, you got that energy, man. I got to feed off of that. If you're looking for a place to volunteer, <laughs> <laughs> I can always use a volunteer around here. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's something, something I definitely want to tap into. Yeah, so. yeah because I, I teach the high school students the same course. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. I'm here and then I train them as well. Nice. All right. I mean, I, I have time, you know, 24 hours in a day. I want to maximize my time. Hey, all right. Well, you know, talking to Mr. Tayati. I didn't know. Well, that experience, all that knowledge. Right? Yeah. But how much time we got okay, left? We got uh, about a minute. All right. A little under a minute. Let me get this here straight. Now. So any specifics you want to hit on? We're going to go 38 minutes on this one. 30. With, when your injury hit, where was your mind at? And what did it take for you to get your mind back? Because I know at that moment, you probably had multiple times where you're like, forget this. I'm about to quit on everything. Like, mm. it's not even worth it to me. But I know you probably had moments where you're even like, I need to bring it back. You know, what, where was your mind at? If you could let us know, where was it at? Right. And then how did you go from at that moment an athlete to personal training and becoming an entrepreneur? Well, one thing you should know is um, it, it took me actually a year to even walk again after this surgery. It took oh, me like an wow. entire year for me to even walk. So I had enough time to game plan. I had enough time to kind of sit there and just figure out what avenue I wanted to take and what approach. But my mindset had to be strong from day one. Right. Um, like, yeah, I sat there. I cried. There were some days I was like, why me? For sure. Why me? Um, what did I do? But instead of having that twist on it, I wanted to... I actually... I'm a, I'm a huge family person. And my reason for being here is is for my family. You know, I want to I want to be a trendsetter. I want to set trends for generations to come in my family. And there is no time for like slowing down. Right. Every, everybody has a story. Everybody has a, a unique path that they take. Um. So one of the biggest things for me when I actually got hurt was my aunt and my cousin that live out here. Um. They actually were there at the hospital with me, and to see the tears on their face was enough for me. And they felt somewhat responsible because they actually felt like they invited me out here, and I was like, "No, no, this is this is this is God's word, right?" You know, like, so my whole approach there was like, "Wow, I don't want you guys to feel any responsibility towards this." And I actually was smiling, and they they looked at me puzzled, like, "Why are you smiling?" And I I really accepted. I said, "I was very close to making it, and like for that for that game for me to have the injury then and." For where things are now, like God has to be using me for something. Now for that sure. I don't know, but I can just accept it. Like I got front row seats to a great movie, and that was my approach. Like right. this, this is about to be a great movie, and you get to sit up front and make it happen. And you started thinking about this while you were in the hospital. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, I mean, I had to. Like I had a lot of time coming in with my hands. So my biggest thing was acceptance. Um, like I said, that was that was. Plenty of plenty of nights and mornings of just tears and and figuring out what I'm gonna do, but um, that's when I really started to say, what were my initial goals from the start? And it was to you know, to to put that insurance on my family to you know let them know that I'm in a great place in my life and that I am that special someone because you know we all here you know right, we're, right. we're unique we're all gifted and I want them to know that they installed a a personality and a trait in me to. Uh, that they all represent. I'm a representation of every single person in my family. So right. when somebody is to meet me, I want them to understand what the Lundy and the Watts family is all about just by meeting me. Right. You shouldn't have to meet my parents or my aunt or my uncles or my cousins. I'm a representation of all of them because all of them has installed some kind of characteristic into me. And so that was my biggest approach. And my my initial goal was to say, what can you do for others? Because in return... Once you learn to, once you put your passion, because that was my biggest thing, communication, reaching out to others and not necessarily expecting so much back. Right. Because everything will eventually revolve around. Um, and like I say, I wanted to use my skills. So I understand that communication was a big thing in my life and fitness was a big thing in my life. Now, how can I join this together to put myself in position to ultimately win? Right. To ultimately win. Um. And through the personal training, I was given that, that opportunity. So how did it come about? Because you said it took a year before you even started walking. 
So within that year, was it all rehab for you? Was it all just oh, yeah. getting your mind right? It was it was both. It was it was me spending time learning about the injury, learning what it takes for me to actually get my equilibrium correctly lined up. Okay. For me to actually get my muscles to, you know, cohesively work together again. Like this was a new mission. It was basically I was I was a baby. Right. I had a, and I but I had the mind of a of an, an adult. Right. An right. advanced adult. So I wanted to understand. One day at a time. One day at a time. Get a little better. You don't have to conquer the world in a day. Rome wasn't built overnight. Right. So just build one brick at a time. One brick at a time. If I can do a little better than I did yesterday, today was a win. And that was my approach. Um, so as I started to get, you know, complete feeling in my hands and my back. Um, was there ever fear that you could never walk again? Oh, yeah. That, that was an ultimate fear of just getting older and knowing that certain pain would never, you know, leave me. Like just certain certain things. If if I don't go about this the right way, I'll be hurt forever. You know, I'll always be in a position where I'm recovering. Right. Um. But as I got, you know, a lot a lot of recommendations, a lot of doctors were overseeing my injury. They were they were kind of impressed of how how rapidly I was healing and my progress. And so that really installed me. I'm like, All right, I'm gonna be okay. Right. right. I'm, I'm every time I come and see you, I'm gonna be better than I was last time, and I and I guarantee you that. Just all I need is a chance, and so I took that approach, and one day at a time, and I think my body. I lost a lot of weight. I lost so much weight. Um, and as I was getting that weight back, it was my peers. It was people in the gym here in San Diego that actually saw that change in me, and that's where a lot of the questions would come. Hey, what are you doing? What are you what are, What are you eating? What are you What are, you know? What's your mentality? Right. And it was it was the basics. It was me just learning and progressing myself. So during that time, a lot of people would would say, you know, what am I going to do next in my life? And I asked myself, what kind of job am I going to have? Before I was even a personal trainer, and then it hit me that this is what you're going to do. You're going to people are going to come to you, and but you're going to turn that into an entrepreneurship for yourself because people are going to come to you for advice. And there were days, you know, people come up to me and I'd be like, you know what? You make more money than me. I can't give you no advice. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with myself. Right. And so I spent another two, three years actually getting my strength completely back. And um, that's when more opportunities begin to open. I think it was my faith more than anything. My faith and my just a strong will to just always fight and try to be innovative to where I'm thinking ahead. So when bodybuilding came into... Um, position in my life where I was given a chance to, you know, compete. Now, I'm not a very show-off type person, but I did understand the plateau that it, it can give certain athletes. Right. It, it, it will make me stand out norm, from the norm than just being a personal trainer. It would give me Definitely. something on my resume to add. Um, And so I got into bodybuilding, and uh, my first show, I won, I won first place for Novice, which was opening I won open for my class, which was against everybody in the field. And then actually in the finals, I was in a competition against the, one of the great athletes. He's actually on my team now, named Joshua. Um, but we were competing for one and two overall. I didn't even know I was competing against him. Wow. I was just standing there. I, I figured the judges saw me so much that that was nothing new I could do for you. Right. And everybody like, you know, they would compete comparing you guys. At the end, I like man. I didn't know they saw me twenty times on the stage, so I just figured they knew. But so I ended up getting second place overall in that show, and um, but it was it was it was a great experience. Um, and I'm actually a sponsored athlete with Perfit Athletics nice. right now. Um, and that's one of my that's I have a coach, a nutrition coach as well. I even have a training coach because that's the biggest thing. You can think you know it all, but there's actually there's other avenues to get to success you know so that's a good little uh transition there so um you being an athlete you fighting the fighting you know getting back and to get into the best shape of your life where you're actually bodybuilding and training and and, and taking second in that competition congratulations on that yeah. now what was what would you say would compare the two of being an athlete and being an entrepreneur now that you've taken your passion of sports with football and now you're putting it into bodybuilding into training into fitness what's that transition has been like for you um it's been challenging at times because you know anything if you get into entrepreneurship you know there's going to be some very rough days there's right. going to be some days you doubt if you can make it there's going to be times where you just want to run and quit and take that security job where you know you're going to get that 
that nine to five and you know what your paycheck looks like. Right. Um, but what, what football and, and athletics actually helped me with was, was teamwork to understand what it, what it takes to be on a team. And so I understood that I had to build a team. Like I could do it by myself, but that would just take, you know, a little longer. It would take me a lot of more energy. Right. Um, but if I knew if I surrounded myself with like-minded people and that had the same goal as I had, um, we can accomplish a lot more and a lot more faster pace. And so that was one of the things that I wanted to do right away, just establish myself. And when you met me, I just wanted to have that mission statement of who I was. And if it clicked, we would know right away. Right. And we we and I call it there were those are relationships I build on to this day. And some of them worked, some of them didn't work over time. But the ones that last, they're stronger than ever. But like through sports, like you know, like some people are going to play, some people are going to quit, mm-hmm. and you always have to have that mentality of, of overseeing the, the overall goal. That's right. That's right. So what would you say are the uh, similarities that you've seen so far from what you've experienced as being an athlete and what you've experienced as an entrepreneur? What are like some of the type of mindsets? What are the type of uh, work ethic things that you can see similarities between the mm-hmm. two? Mm-hmm. Practice, studying. Um, you have to practice how you play. You can't, you can't half but just wanting to practice and then expect to turn it on for right. the day of the game. Right. You have to practice how you expect to play. And uh, that was one of the biggest things. Right. right there. I like that. I like that a lot because uh, uh, every time I go into schools, I always preach uh, the three P's. Practice, patience, positivity. And I always feel okay. like it takes those three P's to be successful. And, of course, passion, but that's not something you can teach. You know, if you're passionate, you're passionate. If you're not, you just can't teach that. But practice, patience, and positivity, you can practice that. You can work on that. You know what I mean? So those are three things that I always uh, uh, focus on when I feel like from being an athlete to being an entrepreneur. Because, like, when you're an athlete, I always switch positions, and and it took practice. Yeah, I knew I was a great football player, but when I was playing a new position, I wasn't as great as I was right away. So I had to practice my ass off just to make sure I got better, you know? And then, um, but while you're practicing and you keep going through those reps, you always have to remember to be patient. Because if you're not patient, then you're going to give up on all that practice that you just put in. And then at the end of the day, you have to stay positive. And that's within, within your mindset. Because if you're practicing, you're thinking you're being patient, but you're constantly negative, you're just going to be running yourself in a whole circle. So it's like being practice, be patient, and stay positive. So I like how the first thing you said was, uh, uh, practice on it because that's something I preach all the time is man you better be practicing you know and even when people aren't in the right state of mind I always say practice on your mindset so what books are you reading what people are you around that's practice I practice being around people that I wasn't normally around growing up you know I wasn't around entrepreneurs my whole life growing up but if you see my circle now my circles around entrepreneurs around uh, some of the top athletes some of these top individuals that practice that know that it takes a certain grind it takes a certain takes a certain mindset to you know set a goal and then execute a plan to get to that goal not just setting a goal mm-hmm. you know so now um what, what are you doing now and um let's start with that what are you doing right now what am i doing now well i got a lot going on i'm still personal training you know hosting over 10 to 12 clients actively um, i do online coaching as well so my my goal is to reach as many people as i can throughout the day so if you're not in San Diego, I have online programs. We do counseling online, so we're contracting your um, your diet, what you're eating daily, and then actually following up on your workouts. Um, it's a muscle-mind connection at the end of the day. That's one of the things I had to practice in. And so body position, um, breathing your, from your stance. I mean, all of this comes into play when you're working on, on, your, on your personal fitness goals so okay those are some of the things that I daily practice and I go over with my clients um and as well as um personal training my biggest thing is giving back I give it back um I got involved with the organization when I first started in bridging the gap and bridging the gap was a is a non-profit organization that practices anti-bullying um and through help with the police department San Diego police police department um we actively are doing a lot of things in the community at the time and, and how long ago did you get started with that? Uh, 2014, 2000, nice. 2015. End of 2014 going into 2015. Um, and I was actually given the opportunity to create a fitness package through that, through that campaign. And so we spoke at a couple um, boys and girls clubs, a couple skate parks, reached out to some kids at the time. And I really wanted to convert that into a fitness program 
where they could all come out and enjoy and learn some of the basic fundamental skills. And so I had the opportunity to actually work with uh, one of the schools close to downtown. And what we started was uh, actually like an assembly-based um, fitness program. Nice. And so what we do is come in, we'll host from anywhere from 75 to 150 kids at an event and actually just teach them the core values of, of fitness. But we put them in a, a game mentality. And we want them in a game mentality because we want them competing at a high level, but understanding that the goal is not about winning and losing. It's about that teamwork. It's right. about those leadership skills and right. communicating and, and picking up on, on different things, learning about yourself as well. So those are the core values of what the fitness camp's really based on more than just winning and losing, having them work together. Nice. Well, that's pretty cool, man. And, uh, you know, I got to see you in action already. We had a little... Uh, uh, event, what was it, two days ago over days at ago, uh, yeah. Empower Academy oh, out in El Cajon. Out. And for those of you that don't know about uh, Empower Academy in El Cajon, it's a school for kids that uh, have some difficulties, some challenges, but uh, some great kids, man. Some of the best kids that uh, uh, we got to see. And I wish I would have brought it, but they actually had some handwritten notes for us, oh, which really? was really cool. Oh, I got them man. at the house, yeah, and I wish I would have brought it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the pictures of them. They're really cool. They just uh, they were so appreciative of us being there. Mm. They had so much fun. The teachers reached out. They um, they talked about, you know, they haven't seen those kids all smile that many times at once on campus. You know, that alone just had me feeling so good. So I decided to go back there yesterday when I went and picked up the papers. I got, I got them all some dry fit t-shirts, okay. hooked them all up with some basketballs. They were all happy about it. Like, hey, can I take it home? I'm like, this is for you, man. Put your name on it and take it home. <laughs> you know, so it was just so cool to see that and feel that. And I could tell that you feel that that same way um, about kids like that. And for just to catch you guys up, um, when me and Sean met a week and a half ago, thanks to Apollonia, um, uh, he gave me a, a, you know his background on what they're doing with some nonprofit organizations. And by the end of it, we came to an agreement on, you know what, we both have the same missions. We want to get into the schools. We want to give back. Uh, we want to use the fitness camp uh, uh, arena. We're using basketball. Um, but as far as Alumni United, you know, our main mission is to motivate, inspire uh, our youth by bringing in entrepreneurs, athletes, and motivational speakers. And just so happened I had an athlete, an entrepreneur, and a motiva motivational speaker with me uh, two days ago, which was great. And then, um, you know, we got to go up in front of the kids, speak, give all our stories. And uh, then we got to go out, hit the court, play some basketball with the kids. That's all they really wanted to do was play basketball, which was <laughs> so much fun. We played for about an hour straight up and down the court. Had such a good time. Yeah, and one of the epic. energy was through the roof. And uh, there was a little altercation with two of the kids where we, you know, we had to separate them. But it was cool to see you actually get with one of the kids for like five, ten minutes and uh, sit down with him. Just you two. And by the time you were done, he came back, apologized about the mm -hmm. whole thing. And. We got right into getting the ball rolling. You know, that that right there is what I feel like that these kids will remember for the rest of their life. And that's what motivates me to want to get into more schools and uh, be able to give back. Because I feel like I didn't have those same type of mentors that would have poured that into me. But I had some great ones growing up that gave back enough to where what I seen, I was like, man, I want to be just like that. I want to do just like that. And for me, my mindset was I always thought it was just going to be football. And I, I know you probably thought the same thing. Like, oh, yeah. football is going to be what lets me get my millions, come back into the community, and be able to give it back Didn't to my are. community. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was like my <laughs> mindset. And then just to be able to find a different route, another way. I didn't have to be a multimillionaire. Most people think you have to be rich to give back. Your time alone to give back to these kids can make the difference in this world. Just yeah. to be able to give them that knowledge. Just to be able to pour your heart into them. And I always tell people, man, it's not how much you know, you know, these kids don't care about how much you know. They, all they care about is how much you care. You know what I mean? So when I'm out there, like, I can tell, you know, when I spoke to them before the class, okay, they respected that somebody was here giving them their time. But when they see me on the court and I'm going full speed at them, going hard, running up and down that court with them, <laughs> they were like, okay, hey, for real, you know, he's really out here having some fun, you know? So just that, you know, and be able to have you there was a, uh, you know, it was a, definitely a gift. And then, what, yesterday, the very next day, you have us at another school over in Chilla Vista talking about the exact same thing. So I'm really excited to have you on board. And um, I want you to be able to talk about, you know, moving forward with your camps. What, what, what do you envision seeing? Well, through the camps, um, I know that fitness, it builds trust in people. 
And one, one thing working with clients, one thing I learned that once you actually help prolong someone's life, they'll trust you with just about anything. And so that fascinated me. That, that, that really drew me to, to see where can we take this. And knowing that a lot of people coming from the communities that like I come from, um, we are some of the strongest ment- mentally tough people. We just don't have certain resources to express on those ice to to grow on them. Or maybe someone that lives next door to us does, but we just haven't built those relationships to reach out to certain people. And I like and, how you, I like how you talked about, you know, the type of community you grew uh, grew up in. And I want to open it up for people to ask some questions while we keep going because yeah. I want to get it so we can see it. So I'm going to turn that around. But if you can, just explain a little bit about the community you came from and what was it that motivated you out of your community? Um, one thing that motivated me out of my community was um, it was actually my peers. Um, a lot of the older people in my community, a lot of the people that, you know, as I was in middle school, a lot of high school kids and kids that were, you know, just out of high school. Um, I, I come from a, a, a gang-infested neighborhood. And so some of the older kids really saw that leadership ability in me. So they would present me with certain things so that I could actually use those resources to help my friends and peers. But I really recognized what they saw in me and the faith that they put into me. So I didn't really want to get into to doing certain things because that just wasn't my personality. But one thing that really motivated me was my youngest brother, um, Shane. Um, I knew if I grew up with bad habits, he would follow right in my footsteps. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of how much person. younger? How much younger is he than you? Shane's six years younger than me now. Shane's six years younger than me. And so my biggest thing was not setting a bad um, idea of choices that he would have to follow in. So, but I did respect the older kids for seeing that leadership ability in me. So that really installed, that's it. You're, you're, you're something. You're Definitely. somebody. Definitely. You're different. I like that. I like that. And what was that uh, in Virginia? Alexandria, Virginia. Alexandria, Virginia. Nice. And um, what was the demographic like there? Like for me, for example, I grew up in El Cajon. I think you want to switch the mic out. I grew up in El Cajon and it was uh, uh, very different, especially when I got to branch out into different communities. You know, I, I thought for, for some reason, I thought all the communities were kind of the same, you know, until I got out and then I was got out of El Cajon. I went to Montana State University for a little bit and that's when I finally got to see some different stuff. And when I was, uh, you know, when I was around in Montana, I started realizing like, man, it is different. Even like race wise was different. Um, you know, where, I, where El Cajon, you know, a lot of you know, there is a lot of Middle Easterns. There's blacks, there's Mexicans, there's whites, there's Asians, there's a little bit of everything. So then when I started going to like different schools and different areas where it was one demographic or one race, it really started to hit me like, man, uh, things are a little different. And especially for myself, anywhere I went, not too many people even seen a, a Palestinian football player. That was rare in its own, you know, like it was either black, white, but there was no in between. And I was just that in between trying to figure it out. But uh, one of the things that uh, kept me going and I can see that uh, see that in you is just that positivity. You know what I mean? That that willing to keep working, that not giving up, that not quitting, that, uh, keep, you know, keeping it rolling. For me, it was hard for me to uh, finally sit in front of the mirror and be like, you know what? I'm done playing football. I went through one ACL tear as a right after my freshman year, and then all of a sudden I tore my uh, retore my ACL again um, uh, uh, towards the end of my career, and then I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna hang it up after two ACL tears in the same knee. I came back trying to do it again, and I tore my other ACL and another knee. So you know what I mean? It really took a series of injury injuries for me for God to finally be like, yo, Abe, hang that up already. You know what I mean? And I finally had to look in the mirror and tell myself that, uh, man, you're not gonna make it to the NFL. And I still remember the day. I still remember the mirror I was in in my three-bedroom, one-bath bathroom with me and five other roommates. And oh, yeah, that one nice. bathroom I was in there, and I just remember crying, looking at myself like, man, you're done. Like, stop doing it. You know what I mean? Like, now it's time to clock in and figure something out. And it was hard for me to just transition, though. I couldn't just clock in and say it was over. You know, my right. schedule, what I was trained to do mentally, uh, wasn't ready for that. But um, how would you say... Like for these kids now, you know, with the resources they have now, it was a little different for us. You know, we didn't have a lot of these same resources. I didn't have social media now like I did throughout high school. At the time, it was just MySpace. Right. And with MySpace, you know, it blew up because nobody's seen an Arab quarterback. So my MySpace was like, oh, man, I was just getting ad left and right. And I kept that network, you know, as this Arabic kid that played quarterback. But uh, for you, um, how have you used social media 
um, moving forward now? Uh, moving forward, um, I think one thing I wanted to do was just build that consistency. Whether I knew if anybody was watching me or not, just build that consistency of progressing myself and and tracking it for data. Um, and you'll be overwhelmed but if you just kind of keep your head down working and you're plugging in those resources. Um, the people that do see you, the people that are reaching, like you said, you, you, people just adding you left and right. So I, w- I would really get, I would come into the gym and, and random gyms. I visit many gyms across San Diego and Southern California completely. And I would have random people come to me and say, hey, you're a corn fit, 360. I'm like, I mean, it made me feel like a star a little bit. Like that's yeah, I'm that guy. Just, just <laughs> and then we get into a series of questions. Well, I saw a video where you, you know, you had your you had your abs sitting in a position way certain way, and and how how do you get your 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 core to react like that? And when I and then I would get into you know giving them advice, and I'm like, wow, this is really it. Like you got to continue building, whether anybody's watching or not. You got to continue to put this out there because you never know who is watching. That so, consistency. Consistency. That practice. That yeah. practice. Even social media, you got to practice it. And I, I can't stress practice enough, man. I feel like practice is everything. You know, I always say, like, even right now, our team, we have a game out in uh, Austin, Texas, April 5th to 7th. We have three games back to back to back. And so uh, one of the messages I sent my team was, guys, like, let's not forget something. We're playing for those three games. Even though it's a one-game elimination, let's get in the best shape that we can now. Like, let's run as much as we can now because by the time we get out to Texas, by the time that third and fourth quarter comes by to that every game we come into, we want to make sure we're not tired at all. Adrenaline is up. Championship game is on the line. You can see it now in March Madness. Everybody's going crazy. But you can see the teams that won it the most. Practice the hardest. You know, put in, put in enough work on it. But um, how can people find you on social media? What accounts are you on? Um, well, my Facebook account is Sean Lundy. Uh, middle name on there is Cream Corn, one word. Um, my Instagram is probably my most active with um, a lot of my daily traditions, daily things that I do. And then I post a lot of videos on there. And the way you can find me on Instagram is corn underscore fit 360. That's C-O-R-N underscore F-I-T 360. Um. I use Twitter a little bit, but um, not too much. It's, I'm not, I mean, I don't get too much verbal. But so if you find me on Instagram and you leave a message, I definitely get back to you. If you have any questions about anything, if you're looking for personal training, um, I'm definitely excited to reach out and just passing that knowledge. You know, I don't know it all, but I'm always studying every day. I'm always trying to get better every day. And that's one thing I um, propel on my clients is just as, as you get better, I get better. Do you, have any, do you have any books that you're reading right now you could suggest? Um, or any books that, some of your favorite books? Um, well, you touched on a, one of my favorite books of all time is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right. Um, so that, was, that, was, that book really set my, my, my business mentality to, right. to where things could be and where they How old were you when you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? I was 23, 23 years old when I first read it. Anything before that, it was school reading. I, if a teacher assigned it to me, I just read it because I had to. But at that age, I, I knew that, all right, I got to position myself to win. So that book really, from the chapter one, it really caught my attention. So I was really excited to read that book. So um, was that your first step into personal development at around 23 years old? I would say, yeah. I, I can admit that. Yeah? And uh, <laughs> how, how would you say that went for you, you know, being your first time, you know, dealing with personal development? When was it that, dang... I should have been doing this a lot, lot yeah, sooner. Yeah, um, I wish I wish that my mentors would have pushed that on me from a younger age, from you know thirteen, fourteen years old. Um, just that business mentality. Um, but I think that a lot of a lot of things that I went through installed that character in me. So I'm not here to take anything back. But you know, when I did have that opportunity to start reading for my my personal knowledge. I was like, wow, I have so much catching up to do. Right. So. Any other any other books you would suggest after Rich Dad Poor Dad? Um, one another book that I'm reading now is um, Business of the 21st Century. Nice. And with that books really it put me in my place to um, to see where I'm at in position, and then understand where society is going, and what can I do to contribute. And so that 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 book really excites me right now, but. Nice. And for those of you that uh, either haven't been on uh, personal development much or even trying to figure out how to get 
a little deeper into personal development. Like I said, like even uh, Sean said, Rich Dad Poor Dad is definitely one of those books. And I'll never forget, man. I got lucky enough to where by the time I was 18 years old, I was approached by this 29-year-old white dude, probably about like 5'7", five, 5'6", five, kind of short, stocky, yoked up. And uh, it was through a business I got into called Prepaid Legal Services. And it was a network marketing company. And I jumped in it. And this guy was like a top guy making millions with the company. Everybody knew about him. Great public speaker. And I get into the company. In my first week, I just kill it. I'm bringing people left and right. They're like, oh, yeah, the name of the game is to get as many people as possible and expose them to prepaid legal services. So I was like, shoot, I just got into MySpace. I got people all day on this thing. They're adding me left and right. So I get into MySpace. I'm messaging people left and right. I'm getting them to this, these events my first week. And this dude, Joshua Denny, uh, was in Orange County. And he came down that very next week to San Diego. And we had a, a meeting set up for him. And I packed the house out with people all in it just to be able to try to recruit them. And within 10 minutes of that meeting of just setting it up, he looks at me and he's like, you set all this up? I'm like, yeah, I got all these people here. You know, I'm, I'm hoping you can close them now. You know, we can make some money. That's all I'm thinking. I'm trying to make some money. And he's like, come with me to my car. He takes me out to his car and he has this uh, Lexus. It was the LS, badass Lexus where you can like sit in the back seat. He sat me down in the back seat. He's like, sit down, man. Just relax for a second. We recline the seats and he's all showing me the TVs all in the car and how cool it was. And I'm just like, man, that's pretty cool. And he's like, you know what? I'm no different than you, man. I'm just, I was just hungry. I just cared and I kept going. And eight years late, later, I'm right here, you know, finding guys like you who actually care about this thing. Gave me hundreds of dollars worth of marketing material. And then he was like, listen, this may sound crazy, but in a week, we have a national convention and it's in Oklahoma. But I don't know how you're going to get there. But if you just get there, I can guarantee you what you get from that event would change your life forever. I go home that night. I'm like, dang, Oklahoma. I don't even know where Oklahoma is. I'm like trying to look up where Oklahoma even is. How the hell am I about to get to Oklahoma? I got a millionaire saying get to Oklahoma. All I'm thinking is I better get my ass to Oklahoma. But how? You know, I don't got the money. I'm 18. I'm financial aid in college. So long story short, man, one night within that week, you know, time was running down. I just looked up a one-way ticket. And booked it for like three something. I'm like, forget it. I'm gonna get there. I called the girls that signed me up. I'm like, hey, listen, I don't know if you guys are gonna go, but I booked my one way ticket. They're like, one way? How you gonna get back? I'm like, I don't know, man. The dude said just get there. He didn't say get there and get back. <laughs> you know, so it was pretty funny. So, long story short, I had two of the girls that signed me up in the company ended up going. Okay. I had um, a dude that I got started as well ended up going. So, it was the four of us, one way tickets. We get all the way to, uh, Oklahoma. We get to Oklahoma. Don't even know how we're going to get back yet, still. But uh, eventually we drove back at the end of the trip. We got a car and drove back. But, um, but while we were there, no food, no nothing. But I remember this multimillionaire who told me to get there went up. He spoke. An amazing speaker, man. I was like, wow. In front of these, it was, a, it was the Oklahoma arena. Packed. Oh, wow. No seats available. And this dude went up there and killed it. And he was just so motivational, so powerful. I knew why I was there. And so as we uh, leave the uh, arena for that first day, I'll never forget. He was right there. Um, a bunch of people, you know, like groupies, like all want autographs and all this. And I was just like, man, you know, let me let me just walk on by. I'll just meet, meet him at the hotel or something, talk to him later. This dude, like, in between everybody, caught me. He was like, hey, ran over. It was like, man, you hungry? Went back, grabbed his sandwich. He had a half a sandwich for me, gave it to me. I swear to God, I looked at that sandwich like, ah, like this dude just hooked me up with a sandwich after speaking in front of 20,000 people. And then, so right then and there, you know, I was on cloud nine that night, like, dang, man, you know, I want to be a, for me, I seen like, if I want to be great, that's what it takes to be great. Treating everybody like, like they're great. Like he made me feel great at that moment. Like out of all these people, he went through the crowd to come grab me and give me half his sandwich to make sure I was eating during the break. That was powerful. And then the next day, you know, I always say positive brings more positive. And so the next day we go out in this keynote speaker, Robert Kiyosaki. No way. Swear to God. Wow. Him and his wife for like an hour straight speaking. And he kept talking about his book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I was like, I got to read that book. Yeah, I get home. I read that book in two days. Knocked it out. By the time I was done reading that book, I was ready for more. I was like hungry for more information, more knowledge. Me being rich growing up in Oklahoma, the only thing I thought was being rich was you drove a Benz. 
and you were rich if you drove a Benz. Sounds crazy, but there's a lot of kids that really think that. They don't know what like the difference between rich and wealthy. Rich is just rich is, you know, you could be rich in so many different ways, but to be wealthy is just a completely different it's completely different. You know what I mean? There's two different things I'd suggest Googling the two and researching on the two. Um, um, and wealth is more your family's taken care of when you're gone. Rich is, yeah, you could probably take care of yourself and live a good lifestyle. But wealthy is when you can take care of your family when you're gone. And I want to be wealthy by the time I, I leave this world. And so after I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, man, and at 18 years old, it clicked. And so by the time I say I was about 22, 23, I'd say everything, everything becomes great. It takes about five years. So... Just like when I started personal development, I had to keep practicing personal development. By the time I was 22, 23, I felt seasoned. I felt like mentally I was there. You couldn't say nothing negative about me. Anytime somebody did, it was like, ugh, like a nasty feeling. Back up, you know, I just wasn't with it. And so for me, when I started Alumni United, it was like, I want to get kids before they even hit high school on personal development. Right, yeah. While they're in high school to start personally develop. So they can start sharpening their tools, getting their mind right, getting everything right in order. By the time they become adults, now they're seasoned. Now it's not like a learning process as an adult. I felt like I became an adult and then started learning. When I should have been learning about myself, my mental mind state, before I became an adult. You know what I mean? So that was my story about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, all the way in Oklahoma. Thank God I got to hear him speak. You know what I mean? I went broke as hell with that 300 That's about the last thing I had in my account. But it was well worth it, man. And uh, I wouldn't take that back for nothing. Well, that's an experience. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It was a great experience, man. But uh, while we're wrapping this up, we only got about a minute left. Uh, is there anything else you want to shout out or anybody uh, in particular? Um. Shout out to the city of San Diego. You know, this is a this is a beautiful city. Um, I'm I'm honored to be here. Um, and the basis of our program is is really through fitness, just unify, unity, and with the community. And it, it is about putting that trust and knowing who your neighbors are. And through our camps, that's that's our mission is to you know in in invite parents out. We want we want you guys involved in in your your, your child's um development and growth in school um knowing what they're they're handling on a daily basis and then we also want to create a community through social media who we're able to you know express that feedback as well mm. so we're asking a lot of the parents when we do visit your schools in your area that you do reach out to us so that i mean the, this this is a beautiful city man and so let's take advantage of, of where we're at and let's grow together i like it together. i like it and there you guys have it with sean lundy uh, you'll be seeing a lot more of him with us in Alumni United. And shout out to our sponsor, Attorney King Amanpour, uh, yes, best accident yes. attorney here in San Diego. I'm very fortunate to be partners with him with the San Diego Kings and have him sit on our board with Alumni United, our nonprofit. So you'll be hearing a lot of our three pillars as we continue to grow in the community. And remember one thing, it's always community first. Thank you, San Diego. Guy's natural, man. Troy is a killer, man. He's a killer. Side him up.